candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away Okay, boys. Uh, we have returned to Fallout Delta Green 1963. I guess technically this is going to be session one since our last session was really kind of a session zero where we kind of finished some character concepts and did some background discussion, introduced the characters, and we kind of ended with the the Delta Green briefing, uh, mm-hmm. dispatching the team to locate Alain Blanchet, a French national who works as a reporter in Saigon. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's not an employee of United Press International, but he's, he's affiliated with them. He's kind of a freelancer, but he does submit work to them that they publish from time to time. Uh, Elaine Blanchett was identified as a Delta Green friendly, uh, which means he wasn't read in, didn't really understand the organization, but um, had shared information with them in the past. And in fact, he had shared some information that he was investigating a story of uh, some unnatural artifact or object that had come into the possession of a Buddhist, um, a Buddhist temple or possibly the Buddhist temple um, in Saigon. And uh, that was a couple days prior to your briefing and they basically disappeared. Uh, no one knows where he is. So Delta Green's concerned that he was onto something. So they want you to find Blanchette. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that uh, Jason did a Google Doc, and I thought he summarized kind of the, the objectives pretty well in the in the Google Doc. He had them listed as locate Blanchett, discover what he's investigating, continue the investigation, secure the object of the investigation. So I think that's a pretty fair assessment of what. Uh, Commander Pierce wanted you guys to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, did he share sure that document? Uh, he yes. put it. It's in the. Uh, it's in the Discord um, channel. Yep. Oh, is it? Okay. And I'm going to try something right here just to see how cool I am. Oops, I do that. So.
Can you guys still hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what did I do? How do I get back? So that, okay. October 1st, got it. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse, I sent you a message in Discord. Did you get any kind of alerts um, type thing? No. Yeah. I'm just wondering if uh, because that ability is there, you can you can right click on someone and send them a direct message. But uh, oh, hold on. I think it's at the, it comes at the top. There it is. So where did it pop up? Okay, so I see. So where you come on your home, on the home tab, is that where they end up? Yeah, yeah, so where you choose which server you're connected to, it pops up. Got it. Like above those icons. Okay. So from time to time, I may use uh, that. Mm-hmm. Um, better than whisper. Every time I whisper on something like Roll Twenty, I'm like, uh, I hope I typed the whisper command correctly because otherwise everyone's <laughs> going to see this. Sees it. <laughs> right, yeah. and and um, you know, I, sh- I uh, Ty and I have been talking on Rocket about his character, and he decided that that he actually wanted his character to um, be stationed in Saigon, and so we kind of retconned that. And uh, I gave him kind of a, a a background briefing of what his character would know about the general situation, uh, because you know I, I suspect that y'all aren't necessarily as nerdy about this period of history as I am. Um, so uh, I'm always well willing to do that, and I probably from time to time will present things in the well, your character knows, which is a way to kind of impart things that your character would know that maybe you as a player don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this is not a PvP game. And it's, it, I'm not taking it there, but the what I find interesting about this particular setting is y'all are conducting this investigation in a time and a location where there's just all kinds of swirling agendas and double dealing going on and this, that, and the other. And Delta Green doesn't care about that, but you got, that's the environment y'all are in. And so y'all are probably going to have to be cognizant of those dynamics as you try to weave your way through and talk to people. And um, it gives you potential opportunities because it gives you the possibility that maybe you can leverage some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or take advantage of people's agendas, but so hopefully I'll be able to kind of convey that along the way. And there may be times when I feel like I the best way to do that is a direct message. So I may periodically say, "Hey, everybody, check their messages just in case I sent you one," rather than saying, "Jesse, did you get that message I just sent you?" So mm-hmm. you know a secret that no one else does because that <laughs> could be a problem. Yeah. So how well, do you the, the, the background Good. stuff you've given me and and kind of teased us with last session, Rex has been very helpful. Like like I'm not uh, as uh, geeked out and nerdy on this, but on that period as you guys are or you are, and uh, I imagine at least Jason is. I don't know about Jesse and Mark, but uh, 
uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I was, I was yeah. reading Wikipedia entries all day and uh, nice. uh, coming together. So, yeah, it, thank you. It, it is a rabbit hole that you can fall down, which is actually what I like about running these games because mm -hmm. it causes me to go and really climb into these things of history where I kind of know the, the, I know the high points, the big picture items, mm -hmm. but then I really dig deep. So uh, I, I get double benefits out of running these games. Um, I get to run the game, which is fun, but I also get to just kind of um, brush up on and do a deep dive on some stuff. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's good for me. Yeah. So having said that, um, kind of any, you know, refresh my memory questions or further thoughts about the kind of the setting that I put you in and the circumstances you're in? Uh, I, I, a couple of, so I need a refresher on character. So I was, I was kind of talking offline with, with Jason. So I've, I've got who Lynn, uh, I guess we we're just meeting each other too. Did we get yes. through that last, last time? I can't remember. We did at the end. Yeah. You, okay. you guys got your briefing and, you know, kind of introduced each your, yourselves to each other. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, uh, okay, cool. And Mark, Mark what was your character? What's your character's name? My name is, uh, it's Lieutenant uh, Greg Lamont. Greg Lamont, okay. And so let's just reintroduce before we jump into that. So what is Greg Lamont doing in beautiful Saigon? He is there um, with the Navy to, um, he's uh, in charge of a little department to uh, oversee and uh, try to intercept the uh, North Vietnamese Navy, their armed shipments to the South. That's his primary, uh, primary, or his covering job anyway. I mean, he, he is still doing that, but also, uh, with the, you know, he's also there as part of the Delta Green um, mission as well. And does he does he work for the Navy directly, or is he like just helping them in some way? No, he's he's with Naval Intelligence. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And Willie Kane. Willie Kane. Um, and do we all know each? other in terms of delta green i would say no because my my sense is that this is the first time that jack we were, cooper yeah and willie kane and lynn song have actually been mm -hmm. asked by delta green to go on a mm -hmm. on official delta green operation got so. it got it got it um willie kane works for the government and the united states government and uh, is works out of the uh, the embassy in Saigon. I love that answer. So <laughs> he's he's here to help people, isn't he? So, I'm just here to help. <laughs> but but you don't wear a uniform, do you? So you don't work for the no. military. I do not. I do not. You know, I just uh, try to make sure the the embassy runs efficiently and. Uh, and Jack Cooper doesn't wear a uniform, does he? Jack Cooper does not wear a uniform. He used to. Uh, he's a Korean War vet. And uh, he was um, pretty unhappy with that entire war. And he's he's become a bit of a anti-imperialist. Um, 
and so he uh he lives with his wife and two kids in Saigon. He does some interpretation, but mostly he's a uh, an activist for for the Buddhist temples. Um he he has converted to to Buddhism himself. Uh and and uh yeah. He got pulled into this sort of not exactly against his will, but more like <laughs> more like you know paying off a debt sort of thing rather than he's he's not entirely sure that this is for the the good of the people he's he's concerned that that this is just for the good of America, which didn't work out as well as one could hope in Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, how someone could be so cynical in 1963 is just amazing to me. So, uh, right? John it's F. Cause... Kennedy is the president of the United States, <laughs> the bright, shining city on the hill. I mean, come on. You know, ask yeah. not all that, all that stuff. Well, and if the if there weren't so much interference in Saigon from from the from the Americans, he'd he'd be uh, he'd be totally on board with that. All right. Um, so, and then uh, Lin Song is with y'all. Uh, Lin is a, a Vietnamese national and um, works for. Some branch or division of the Vietnamese intelligence service. She's not super specific about that. Um, And oftentimes she assists uh, foreign nationals that that need language skills um, and or the the need to understand how to navigate through the Vietnamese government system. And again, you had your briefing and really the pieces of information that you came out of your briefing with was that, again, Elaine Blanchett is a uh, Delta Green friendly um, and had provided some information in the past and had had tipped off his Delta Green handler that he was onto something that might be of interest, something to do with some kind of artifact that the Buddhist in Saigon had recently acquired that may have some unnatural aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he disappeared, you know, he, you know, works with United Press International here in uh, Saigon. You uh, had an address for an apartment where he lives. One thing I did offline that we'll catch up is I did, I did point out that uh, that all of the characters would know that the United Press International Bureau Chief in 1963 is a man by the name Neil Sheehan, who is um, a pretty wired-in reporter, does a lot of reporting on, obviously, Vietnam, um, and his stuff oftentimes gets picked up by other major news outlets. So... Um, he broke the story that uh, that it wasn't um, 
North Vietnamese who who raided the temples. It was it was in fact uh, news news brother. So close to correct. He did break the story. The the, the story he broke was um, uh, demonstrating that DM had lied. DM's story was that it was rogue generals in the South Vietnamese army who uh-huh. had raided the pagodas. Um, and he was bringing them in line and he was dealing with it. And in fact, Neil Sheehan has broken the story that it was the Vietnamese special forces controlled specifically by Diem's brother, New, who had conducted these raids, disappeared a, a large number of monks, um, you know, trashed many of the pagodas, looted some of them. Um, and so that's that's caused some consternation. Willie Kane, you know, um, mm-hmm. just because you work at the embassy, you know that uh, news special forces have a uh, connection with the United States. Um, uh, so, and you know, as someone who just works at the embassy, making sure it runs efficiently, that um, the the ambassador who arrived in August, Henry Cabot Lodge, is just pretty hot about that story breaking um, and you know what he may have been told before and what this means for the GM regime. So, um, so Neil Sheehan's not real popular at the United States Embassy nor at the White House, um, nor at the Imperial Palace here in Saigon. I don't know if it's called the Imperial Palace. Wherever DMs, it's definitely a palace. I just can't remember if it's what it's called at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So. so, and just to give my so these these raids on the Buddhist temples that was if if in I was going August. off like in August and now it's October mm-hmm. and, and Sheehan's uh, story has come out and that story, his reporting has come out about, about this. I'm going to say it is, it's possible okay. that it might've been, you know, no, later, but I'm fairly certain that story broke either late August or early September. Mm-hmm. That, that, that detail I didn't chase down in my, in my research. So yeah. close enough. Okay. So, so in our game world, it, it, it's out. And yes, in your game world, the story is out. Um, and so there, I raise that because one thing I think you as characters, given your background, particularly Greg Lamont, with his background, if y'all just walk into the United Press International Bureau office, mm-hmm. start asking questions, you know, that there may be somebody there who starts asking questions back that might be difficult to answer. Um, so, you, so you may not want to, or you may all just want to think carefully about how you approach the UPI office uh, as a method of investigation. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, I think that in every one of these Delta Green games, um, Using this system in particular, um, you know, particularly like, so example for Willie, like 
you don't have a clue that you know, Blanchett's apartment may have maybe a place that has information. And so obviously you can go there and look for information. But something to remember in these games is you don't always have to do that first. Um, so, you know, for example, y'all have network points. I know Willie Kane's got a bunch of network mm. points. Mm. So as a player on a meta level, you can say, you know what, I want to do some poking around before we walk into that apartment to see what we know or to help me with a cover story or to get me some assets. Um, and you could tell me, I want to create a network contacts or a network connection that does X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, how many points do you want to put in them? And now that person exists. They're part of the game world. And um, those network points can basically be spent to give you things. Oftentimes it's, give you things like, you know, well, we need a boat. Oh, well, you know what? I know this guy and blah, blah, blah. And boom, there's your boat. Or I need you know, the name of this, that, and the other person. Oh, you know what? I've got uh, a connection who's the maitre d' at the main you know, hotel. And so that's really something for the players to take advantage of to add to the story. I'm not necessarily going to push you to create a network connection to do any particular thing for you, but mm-hmm. um, I mean that, that. I mean that was the thing that I was thinking about uh, at first. I was going to ask you about exa- that exact thing. It is it, this game very much um, offers to the players the opportunity to um, add those pieces to the game, and unlike other role playing games where they just say, "Well, you can add to the story with no particular mechanical." impact other than you just made the story nicer here with with network you're adding to the story but you're getting a tangible benefit it's a way for you to spend those points to give your you or your team something that you might not have otherwise had mm-hmm. so uh, i'm almost never going to say no to a, a network request so I guess if you're like, I want to put nine network points in the person who knows everything and can just tell me what the mystery is and what the, <laughs> then, then I might say, hmm, nah. or yeah, you spend yeah. the points. He's, he's on vacation. So <laughs> he'll, he'll give you the answer in about 10 sessions when he's back from vacation. So, uh, so that's kind of the setting that you find yourself in. You've, you've finished your briefing uh, and you know, Commander Pierce has departed and y'all have to kind of decide how you want to proceed. I'm going to say it's late afternoon on October 1st, 1963. Okay. And role play. And scene. Okay. So what do you guys think first? Uh, his apartment? And how would be the best way to, uh, if we go that way? sniff that out none of us are good at breaking and entering are we what's jack cooper's reaction to that uh, why would we need to break in just well i would assume his apartment's locked yeah i would assume his apartment has a has a uh uh ah, what's the word i'm looking for 
person who takes breakdown. No, <laughs> oh, uh, who takes care of the apartments? The Schneider, the Schneider of the uh, the apartments, the maintenance man. <laughs> nice callback. Might be before your time, you young guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the super, the super. super. There you go. Nice. Yeah, we just uh, got to ask the super. Okay. Lin, Lin Fong's kind of nodding her head, you know, in agreement that that, that probably is the way to gain access to the apartment. So, All right. I'm fine does with anybody, that. Anybody want to do any poking uh, before they uh, go to the apartment? Uh, I, I do have a, one, one more point of clarification, Rex. Sure. Uh, you, you described Alain as a friend of Delta Green. Was Were you mm -hmm. playing that down, or was, should we read that as he was an agent? Um, I think you, 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 mentioned should... a, you mentioned a handler, and I was I was right. going to reach out to him through, I was thinking about through Pierce and just kind of saying, hey, what did you have him up right. to? What would was, what was, you have him doing? Right. So, um... So I think Pierce would have made it clear that he is not a Delta Green operative. He's not read into the organization. He's not an agent of Delta Green. He's just someone that Delta Green considers friendly. Um, you know, and again, probably Greg Lamont would be more familiar with this concept that, you know, there, there are times that Delta Green that there are people that they don't necessarily think would be good Delta Green operatives mm -hmm. that maybe have brushed into the unnatural and have some interests or motivation. Mm -hmm. so they, they basically will take information from them, but not really give anything in return, or certainly not tell them, you know, what's really going on or the big picture. Mm -hmm. uh, it, not that. Willie or Jack or Lin Song, you know what the big picture is anyways. Um, you know, Greg Lamont probably has some ideas about what he thinks of the universe now. I don't know if he'll share them at some point along the way or not, but um, uh, it, you know, Delta Green very much operates on a compartmentalized need to know um, basis. Um, there aren't any like boozy Delta Green parties where all the, the boys get together and trade war stories about fighting the unnatural. It's very much a tight knit. If they, you know, an issue comes up and they need to put a team together, they, they grab the assets that are best suited or most readily available, brief mm -hmm. them, send them to do, the mission, if they survive and they don't go insane, then, you know, maybe, maybe they're a little bit deeper into the organization. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Jack likes to say that, that to these Americans, the difference between an agent and an asset is that the agent knows he's an asset. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. I like that. Uh, so if you, if again, it's up to y'all, if you want to do anything in advance, uh, you can do stuff in advance. Um, um, I'm interested to know if we have any, if back at the embassy, quote unquote, we have any files on uh, Planchet that I could I could review. Um, 
Well, I mean, are you going to go back to the embassy and are you taking anybody with you or are you going to ask them to wait for a while? It's, it is certainly within the realm of possibility um, mm-hmm. that, that somewhere along the way they would gather information about Blanchett. Mm-hmm. So. Um, gosh, if we had a bigger group, like a five-person group, I'd go back, but I think maybe just the four of us is a good-sized group just to right. go to the go to the apartment. What do you guys think? Just go there for. I'll keep that in my back pocket there. Uh, hand, sure. what, what's the what's the GM term for this? I think I'm considered the handler. No, handler. The handler. Okay. Yeah. Hand, that's right. Handler's handbook. Okay. Uh, it's up to y'all. Jack Cooper. All right, boys. I'm in. I'm in. Anything Jack Cooper wants to do before you? You go over to the apartment. No, he already sent his family out of town, so it's all, it's all nice, all mm-hmm. gravy from here. As long as, as long as we save some lives. Uh, Greg yeah. Lamont. Yeah, I I can't think of anything I uh, want to do first. I I think uh, get to the apartment. Maybe I'll think of something else. But I think that's a good place to start. Right. Um, one other thing I will, will share, really more so for the guys that played in the last game. Um, this operation, you know, Greg Lamont, you noticed that you weren't given like an official cover story to mm-hmm. work with. Um, uh, partly because most of you, given the nature of your work, already have some flexibility about how you do your job. Um, so you don't have a, a, you don't have a cover story that was handed down to you to use. Y'all can certainly create cover stories uh, if people start asking questions, but also by the same token, uh, at least Willie and Lin Song and Greg Lamont can't just completely disappear from work. Mm-hmm. Um, so potentially you're gonna still have to be interacting with your your day jobs um, and thinking of creative ways. If there are questions about like, you know, where are you going or what are you doing or why aren't you doing this other thing? Um, So, you know, Greg, you know, from your experience that if, if you got in a jam, Delta green seems to be pretty juiced. So they could probably make a lot of problems go away if there was a problem, but they expect Uh you to, the expectation is there's a reason you've been selected to be a Delta Green agent. And you're supposed to be a savvy operator and uh, you're absolutely allowed to lie to your day job employers about what you're actually doing. They just prefer that you not get caught lying. So, okay. Cool. So should we head over to the apartment? Yeah, let's take a walk. All right. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I haven't really nailed down in this process is a real sense of how big Saigon actually is. <laughs> I look at the map and stuff looks pretty crowded together. Um, and of course I have about six awesome maps that I have on my computer at work that I found at lunchtime. Uh-huh. Obviously. But, um, <laughs> But unfortunately, I've, I because we're not using Rule Twenty, I didn't even think about 
like where to put them or how to have them in a way that I could access them. So yeah. I don't have a great map for you today. Hopefully next session I'll have a great map for you guys. Cool. Uh, to look at. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to say it's, if you're going to walk, it's, you know, going to be a decent walk. If you're going to get a cab, it's probably going to be a fairly quick ride to, um, to get there. In fact, I can show you what a cab would look like in Saigon in 1963. Is that any fun? Hey, there we go. I thought I was about to lie. Sweet. So those are Renault, I think C4s they call them, little mm -hmm. tiny French cars. Um, yeah, it's and so you can get one of those, and uh, I think you mean two of those. Possibly two. Uh, of we'll make those. we'll make it we'll make it into one. Okay. <laughs> just, uh, just playing. We can take two. Okay. So you guys make your way over to the address. It's in an area that's um, pretty common for non-Vietnamese persons living in Saigon, you know, it's not like an official, you know, foreign person's quarter or anything like that, but there's just kind of a cluster, you know, a lot of people that live in that area are people that are not Vietnamese, um, you know, some of them are business people, some of them work for, you know, not uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, um, you know, some of them even probably are affiliated with the U.S. government. Um, so, like eighty percent of these guys are spies. <laughs> Certainly a possibility. Um, now, Jack's you find the address. Okay, yeah. So you find the address, and uh, you know, Lin Song is kind of playing things close to her chest right now. She's not said a lot. You know, no banter in the cars. On the way over, you know, I'm not sure if anyone tried to engage her with banter, but uh, if they did, they didn't get very much. Um, so she gets out of the car and she's kind of looking around and she's just looking uh, at y'all. You know, it's like, you know, so who's who's doing what here? I'll take this one. Okay. Uh, so. Jack Cooper is in the lead. Uh, Jack, what are you doing? I walk in, head to uh, apartment number one, knock on the door. Uh, the apartment you deduce to be where the quote unquote super is going to be? Super always has the best apartment. Okay. All right. So uh, after uh, not a very long amount of time, a older Vietnamese lady, uh, opens the door and in Vietnamese, you know, you know, what do you want? Why are you here? Our friend, uh, Elaine, uh, our friend Elaine uh, Blanchett, um, he's been out of town for a few days and, and uh, he called me and said he needed, uh, he needed me to, to water his plant. And, uh, you know, I was with, with my friends here. Just thought uh, we'd stop him as we were passing by. And I assume you're doing this in Vietnamese? 
Yes. Yeah. So she looks a little taken aback. At, uh, you almost get the sense that she was uh, assuming when she spoke to you in Vietnamese that you wouldn't be able to speak Vietnamese, and then that would be the end of her problem. Um, so she looks a little almost disappointed that you speak Vietnamese. And uh, she kind of shakes her head, you know, muttering something in her breath. She turns around, walks back into the apartment, and she comes back out uh, after a few moments with a key. And uh, when she comes back out, she gets a look at Lin Song, and her demeanor changes just a little. Um, she, she kind of straightens up a little bit the muttering stops she looks a little more pensive and she leads you to the apartment so she does say something about it takes four of you to water a plant yes she doesn't seem like she's buying it and then Lin Song leans in and says, it's a very big plant. <laughs> and just something about the way she says it, the landlady drops it and just finishes taking the apartment, opens the door, lets you in. Lock the door when you leave. Okay. Nice. You Thank you. I don't know if in Vietnamese they call uh, older women grandma, but if they do, that that's what I say. Thank you, grandma. Yeah. Uh, are you trying to be sincere or are you trying yeah. to be... No, flippant? Jack's sincere. Okay. All right. She doesn't, she like doesn't get her. that. She, she curses at you as she <laughs> heads back off. So. Such a polite boy, Jack. <laughs> exactly. So you're in Aline Blanchett's apartment um you know if you remember the uh, beginning scene of apocalypse now when martin sheen's you know in his apartment hotel you know tripping out and you know having flashbacks and punching mirrors yeah it's probably a good sense of, of kind of what you're looking at it's a small apartment you know not quite an efficiency but pretty close to an efficiency um there's there's basically a bedroom and then there's just kind of a general area that has a very small actually i'm not sure it has a kitchenette now that i think about it so uh it's got like a sink um place to store some glasses uh you know probably the main piece of furniture in the general room appears to be a desk with a you know a credenza behind it um it's got a bunch of papers and things stacked on it, books and things of that nature. Yeah, the, the note that we had, or the idea that we had was that he missed his meeting with his handler a couple days ago. Are there any signs about that we can, I like, okay, like I'm looking for signs that, it, to get a better uh, sense of how long he's actually been gone. Like, has there been okay. any mail that piled up or has there been any uh, news? Like I'm, I've got all my American, uh, prejudices. I don't know what it's like living in Saigon. Like, does mail pile up, or newspapers have piled up, or something like that? There's there's nothing obvious like that. 
Um, it seems a little stuffy and warm uh, uh, in there. There's, there's, I'm 99.99% sure there's no central air conditioning or even window air conditioning in these mm -hmm. apartments since I got in 1963. So I'm sure somebody has air conditioning, but not <laughs> Alan Blanchett. Uh, I'm going to open one of the windows, poke my head out. Okay. Look around. And you hear the crack of the sniper's rifle. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. I'm, I should read my notes, not speak my notes. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, typical kind of street scene out in there in Saigon. So um, just looking at what y'all have real quick to see what skills are going to come in play. Probably things I should have done in advance. Uh, so just kind of describe what you're doing while I look at your skills to see what's going to really... Well, if he's he's a reporter, you know they, and if he was working on something sensitive, he's probably hidden some kind of clue about it around here. Um, yeah, I was looking at the the papers on the desk to see if they share any common topic or theme or anything like that. Yeah, I'm actually checking around the the window sill on the outside to see if I feel anything. Ah, okay. So, Greg Lamont, you're looking at the papers on the desk. Um, yeah. There's there's some newspapers, various uh, newspapers. Um, you know, kind of a eclectic collection. There are you know New York Times and Washington uh -huh. Post, but there are also papers from London and Paris, um, the Saigon paper. Um, doesn't appear to be any rhyme or reason to him. You do find one where he had written a column or a story. Mm -hmm. So you kind of think, oh, well, you know, that's kind of his, hey, I wrote that type thing. Right. Um, and then um, really what you're noticing, this is, it looks like he does a lot, did a lot of work out of this desk because you notice both between the desk and the credenza, it looks like he's got various. I'm going to say file folders, but what I'm talking about are these kind of old timey, you know, the, the folder that you close and then you have the string tie that you kind of wrap it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, you can start looking through those if you want. To. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Um, yeah. Let's go start going through those just like real uh, superficially, you know, just, mm -hmm. just kind of getting a grazing, uh, just getting an idea of what they all deal with. Right. Um, and what's Willie Kane doing while this is going on? Uh, and I'm sorry, did you describe a, is there a bedroom section of this apartment? There is a bedroom. Maybe I'll check out the bedroom. Okay. But, uh, you know, gently go through drawers and into uh, uh, closets. Okay. Uh, do you look up when you go in the bedroom? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know how to roll you for it, but was it my was it my first thought? Would you like? Okay, me? let's just check it. Um, so the bedroom, you know, the the closet has you know pretty much typical clothing for someone who's living in Saigon, as far as you know, a couple of lightweight suits and a lot of like um, you know casual slacks and you know, light shirts to, you know, help you make it through the heat. There's a couple pairs of 
more like you know dungarees you get the sense that you know if he if he had to go somewhere out in the boonies that's probably what he'd wear you know some various shoes uh, one pair of boots um that look you know fairly worn not like worn out um okay. you know, really as far as the um bedroom there's not not a lot of there not a lot there you do see a um you know, a framed picture of a female that, you know, you're guessing is probably middle age. Um, it's not clear what the significance of her is. It's, it's on the nightstand by the bed. Mm-hmm. So it's it, your, your general sense is this is a female that has some significant romantic attraction to him, you know, but you don't really know that much. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on the picture that tells you who she is or how she's connected to him. Okay, or even on the back of the frame or anything. Nope. Yeah, nothing on the back of the frame. So, um, so Greg Lamont, what you're figuring out is that kind of each one of these folders um, is where he, you know, the work for a story kind of all gets collated. You know, different mm-hmm. notes. You know, if he if he's looking at other sources, other reporting, he'll have clippings from from papers in there uh so you see he's working on a story about um you know french landowners who re- who've remained in vietnam after the the end of french colonial rule and you know what their thoughts are about the future and you know why they haven't mm-hmm. left and things of that nature there's a another story he's working on about um you know u.s aid agencies you know trying to uh, bring you know, improved agricultural techniques to the Mekong Delta um, and how it's kind of connected to something called the Strategic Hamlet Program, which you may or may not know is a uh, South Vietnamese counterinsurgency strategy that has been to some extent advocated by the U.S. The theory is to take the people from their traditional um, villages and concentrate them in these large fortified villages to basically deny um, the Viet Cong from basically having, basically to separate the people from the Viet Cong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some, I think all three, char- all, all the characters here would would know enough to know that there's been some criticism of the program. Some of it has to do with corruption. Some have to do with how effective it is. Some of it have to do with the fact that there's some resentment. You know, you're telling people that you know you have to leave your home, that you know you're the tenth generation living there, and now you have to pack your stuff up and you have to go live in this new place. And yeah, um, so he's you know, he's got a story about that. Um, uh, is anyone else looking on the desk in the area around the desk while Greg Amont's kind of looking through these folders? Uh, sure. J- Jack will um, poke his head back in and see that no one's checking the desk and start going over that. Right. So, Jack, what you notice is there's kind of a credenza behind the desk. Um, and this is one of these credenzas that there's there's the lower portion that has some drawers, and then there's the upper 
portion, I guess you would call it a hutch to an extent mm -hmm. that, that, um, uh, acts as it, there's some shelves on it that have books on it. And you see Lin Song over by the shelf with books. She's kind of running her fingers down the books, um, looking at them. And uh, you're over on the part of the credenza where there looks like he's got more of these file folders shoved in. And you notice there's a place where basically, typically they're, they're, they're all put in there neatly. And then there's one shelf where there's like three folders and they're leading to the side and there's a gap almost as if there was a fourth folder there that's not there now. What are the folders on, on either side of it? Uh, you pull out and look at them? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, one of the folders is a story about, uh, veterans of the battle of Dien Bin Phu, um, and how that, how that affected them. And, you know, those that are still in Vietnam, why they're still in Vietnam. And, um, and this looks like a longer, like French veterans. Piece. Yes. French veterans of Dien Bin Phu. Um, uh, because it looks like the, some of the stories, some of the research has to do with um, soldiers who now live back in France. Um, so just kind of looking at it, you can you can tell that it looks like it's been collected over a long period of time. Um, and today we would describe it as a like looks like a piece of long form journalism. You know, like this might be a serialized story for. Um, a newspaper or a magazine or something like that. Hmm. And then the, it, there's not, that's the folder closest to the space. It looks like there was a folder on the end of that particular shelf that had been um, removed. So that folder with this, the stories of the soldiers at Dien Bien Phu um, was next to it. It, it does not appear that there's a systemic or systematic organization of these files. It just kind of looks like where there's a space for a file, a file goes and, you know, uh, you know, Greg Lamont, you can kind of get the sense. Um, well, again, you've looked at the file folders that are, that are on the desk. Um, Willie Kane, what are you doing while these guys are all kind of looking at that stuff? Uh, is, is there anything else really for the, in the bedroom area or have I, well, you know, maybe I'll let me go back to the closet. I'm going to check. I'm pushing on walls and I'm looking in bags and like, is there anything that's uh, he's got stored away in, in any of those areas? Yeah, check under the bed in between the mattress um, and the chest of drawers. Okay. Um, under the mattress, you find a, a old human head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, it's the head of the woman who's in the picture. Uh, yeah. No. I love her. Sorry. <laughs> 
see that what the players come up with is so much better than the stuff that I come up with. <laughs> um, uh, you find a tucked under the mattress, an old French army revolver. Hmm. Nice. Old as in pre-Vietnam War or pre- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-World okay. War, pre-World War II. Probably okay. World War World War One type issue um, okay. revolver. So, um, and you and you do find some ammunition for it in one of the one of the drawers. Mm-hmm. So, just looking at Willie's character sheet. So, so so Ty again, uh, um, unlike you know, the Call of Cthulhu. You know BRP based systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically don't have you roll. There's not like a search roll. Right. Um, the way this game is supposed to work is if if you have the right skill, investigate skill, and you're in the right place, you're going to get any core clues, things that 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 you need to have to kind of mm-hmm. move the adventure along, um, and then potentially I can tell you. Hey, there's a one point accounting spend here. You know, if somebody wants to spend a point out of accounting, I'll give you some bonus information. And the game again encourages the players uh, to volunteer. You know, hey, I'd, I'd like to spend a point of archaeology to, you know, basically add something to the story at this point. And so again, the, the idea is we're creating a story together that. I should be very open to that. Um, you know, so far it's not happened very often in the game, but I always like to remind people that uh, you certainly have the ability to do that. So what I'm doing is looking at your character sheet real quick to see what you have that might potentially trigger something else. So I, I know what I want to kind of reveal. <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to figure out which investigative skill is the best investigative skill to notice is on there a little bit notice is on there notices is kind of the generic when in doubt does anyone want to spend one point of notice and also if i remember like there's there's nothing uh, like i have a notice of two right now but if Mm -hmm. even if i had a notice of four that's just more points to spend that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, i'm better at noticing things other than the fact Uh, that i can spend more points Correct. I think that's okay. a fair statement when it comes to notice. So, yeah. okay. um, man, nine and sense trouble. You never want to get ambushed. So, <laughs> no. So here's the, here's the other thing that you noticed um, mm-hmm. when you went in the um, uh, you opened the closet. This closet actually, this is probably a luxury in Vietnam. Actually, had a light fixture. And with you know little the little re- you reach up and pull down um, light fixture, and like the first time you reached up and grabbed it to to pull it, it didn't come on. So like you pulled it again, and it came on, but also some like plaster, uh, you know, bits and pieces fell down. Hmm. Your your trade craft suggest to you that it could just be you know this is an old building this that and the other or it could be that somebody was monkeying with that light fixture 
at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. And as someone who maintains an embassy that has lots of light fixtures, <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure at some point in time they trained you that people who are spies might sometimes use the wiring of a light fixture to uh, attach some type of listening device. Mm-hmm. Not that you have any personal experience with that, but they right. trained you as an embassy maintenance person. To look out <laughs> they, for that. they say. They say. They say. Rumor okay. has it. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna call over Le, Lamont when he when he's free. Okay. In, in fact, let me. Or... I think I think this, I walk out to the uh, to the uh, the place where the other guys are hanging out and and Lynn as well, and just kind of I do a. I do a like a finger to my my mouth as if you know be quiet, and then I I kind of motion circular above my head as if to say, you know, there are listening devices, or maybe I go whisper it to the guys too. I guess I can get away with that probably. Okay. Nice. Jack Cooper, what's your reaction? Um, I'm just gonna sit back and watch. Okay. Uh, Jack, you do notice that Lin Song a- appears to be not overly disturbed by that. And um, she is, uh, had pull, has pulled a book off the shelf and is flipping through the book. Do you want to look at what she's looking at? Yeah, I do. So it is a copy of The Catcher in the Rye. And I'm so peeved that Jason did not make this session because I, I planted that <laughs> Easter egg in for him. Mm-hmm. So, um, But she, Lin Song knows, notices that you are watching her kind of flipping through the catcher in the rye. And so she kind of stops and puts it back on the shelf. And she pulls another book down and hands it to you. Now I have to look at my notes. I can tell you the book she hands you. That book is called. Someone, if someone were taking notes, they might want to mm-hmm. write this down. The book is called The Philosophy of Natural Magic Ooh. by Henry. Cornelius Agrippa. It has a publication date of 1913. This is a real book that the players are more than welcome on their own time to Google and research and even acquire a copy of. Copy is, is dated 1913. This is a 1913 printing with that specific title. Okay. I, I will I will do some of, I'll tell you some of what you would find if you research that particular title. Um, it is a subprinting of a book that was originally written, I believe in the 1500s. Um, 
I believe called like the three philosophies by the same author. Uh, but for some reason in 1913, they printed the first of the three books under this title. But you guys can on your own, do your research about as much or as little as you want about that real book that actually exists. So now it's 1963, so you can't pull your smartphone out in uh, Alan Blanchett's apartment and type this stuff in. So you'll have to note that. I don't think any of these characters would necessarily immediately recognize that book. So. Was there any writing in it, like uh, of his own, like any notes or uh, dog-eared pages may, or anything like that? That's that would take some time to conclude. So okay, I'm going to say that that that's if someone we can to sit, we can do that. I mean, if we want to take the book with us, we can just do that sure. later under somewhere else. Yeah, that's something something I'd like to see. Right. Um, in the meantime, let's. Uh, uh, let's check out this fixture in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was gonna call uh, call over uh, Lamont and kind of point up to the ceiling where the light is and kind of give him the give him the signal. Mm -hmm. So, fortunately, go go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, Greg has probably enough trade craft in this kind of stuff. What's his trade craft rating? No, it's only one. Um, well, maybe not. I think he's more. Yeah, you know what? I I don't know if he's uh, so well versed in like this hidden stuff. He does more straightforward intelligence work. So I don't. I'm not sure that he might know this off the top of his head. But uh, so at this point, my understanding is that that you guys are just standing kind of in the closet area, looking up at this picture. Yeah. So, is we going to look at it more closely? Sure, I will. Willie okay. will. All right. How's Willie going to do that? Um, is there a is there a chair in the uh, in the? I take a chair from the bedroom, and uh, I'm going to stand on the chair, and I'm going to kind of get on top of it, and then see see if there's anything that indicates a way to kind of separate the the light fixture from the ceiling. Uh, it does look like there's um, some screws that uh -huh. um, do it. And the light fixture um, where, where it screws into the, the portion that screws into the ceiling of the, the closet, um, it's, it's a solid piece, but it's not solid. There's like slots in it. Um, so you can't tell for sure what's underneath it without removing the light fixture. Mm -hmm. But you certainly deduce that if there were a listening device in there, then those slots in the in the base of the light fixture would allow it to pick up better, you know, noise. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like I, I guess what I want to do, I just like I want to verify that there's actually a listening device there. Okay. And then, and then, but leave it. Okay. I'm trying to think of a way to do that. Like if I can pull things back and pull things aside without making too much of a, a ruckus. 
you could probably there's just a couple screws holding the mm -hmm. light fixture into the ceiling so you could okay. probably find either an actual screwdriver or some thing that you could use as a, a ad hoc screwdriver and do mm -hmm. that okay uh yeah yeah look for uh, something around the, the knife or uh kitchen knife or something okay. that I can use to unscrew things. Okay. Uh, and while you're doing that, Jack Cooper, what are you doing out there? I um hmm. We've we've thoroughly searched this desk. Um what are you looking for? And I'll tell you whether you thoroughly search the desk or not. I'm looking for the name or phone number of a contact. You don't find the name or phone number of a contact, um, but there is a, let's see what Jack Cooper's got. There is a one point notice available for you. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so You've been kind of looking through the folders as well. And uh, what you notice is in all the folders, particularly, uh, man, I love this black book app, by the way. So <laughs> just reported out that one point notice spin. Um, you notice that in each of the folders, um, there are receipts for a, I'm gonna call it a taxi service. Um, I'm just gonna say it's best cab. I don't know if that was really a, a thing uh, back then. Um, and, and what you notice, it looks like basically he was, he was keeping his receipts probably to get reimbursed when he sold a story, you know, for his cost in, you know, investigating a story. Um, but it looks like he always uses the same, you know, driver service, cab company, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you have the information on, you know, that entity, if that's a, another lead that you want to pursue. Interesting. So, then let's see if there's anything else on the desk that you find. Uh, I'll fold this one in as well. Um, you notice that there's like a steno pad um, that you, you've you just, you know, from the times you've actually seen reporters, you know, out and about doing their thing, it looks like the kind of thing they keep notes in. Mm -hmm. And you, you start looking through it. It looks like, in fact, it's notes that he's taking, um, you know, 
for a story. It doesn't appear to be anything related to the unnatural or the Buddhist or this, that, and the other. Um, but you get near the end of the pad and you just, something doesn't seem right. And you basically, you figure out that this is like a hundred page pad and there are 11 pages missing from the pad. Hmm. I'm going to try the, um, the old side of the pencil lead trick on the, on the back, uh, <laughs> backing board. Okay. I should have thought of that. Um, <laughs> Foiled. Yeah, no. I see. I love rewarding creativity, though, so I have to think about that. Um, uh, okay, uh, let me think about that. Let's go back to Ty uh, in the closet with a uh, knife and mm -hmm. Colonel Mustard. Sure. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to start working on the the light fixture, see if I can get it off and, and take a, peer in, a peek inside. Uh, you do. I'm supervising. And in fact, exactly. <laughs> this is a good, good, your ROTC training has paid off. <laughs> Smart enough to know what, let the uh, guy who knows what he's doing do his That's job. That's right. So. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, dad gummit. Those people that that told you about what bad people do about bugging embassies, you know, this looks just like one of those listening devices they they warned you about. So, who would have thought that all that embassy maintenance training you got, you know, wouldn't have been so valuable? So, <laughs> there is does appear to be a listening device. It looks like, and again, pretty common, you know, that they they whoever put it in has kind of followed the wiring and and used the um, light fixture is a, is a good point to hide the listening device. You know, the only thing that you would stop to think about is this listening device here in the closet, you know, might be good for the bedroom, but it wouldn't probably would not be of much value to listen to the main room. Okay. You're right. I, I signal back to uh, to Greg on like I'm going to put it back, put the mm -hmm. light back. I'm going to nod. So good that this is 1963 and not 2013 when you would have been staring at a fiber optic. Yeah, for <laughs> camera. Right. Now, can I just a question above the table? These listening devices, where where does that wire go to? Is it like a transmitter or is it a recording? To, uh, device or like how like what's how do these things work back then? Um, a transmitter would be pretty high end um, and pretty expensive okay. piece of equipment. The best you know Willie Kane can tell is this looks like a run of the mill kind of hardwired bug. So. You know, his experience as an embassy maintenance person would tell him that 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 wire probably runs. It's probably hardwired to another location okay. where someone could actively listen, or someone could have a you know recorder set up and um, 
then periodically check, you know, change out the recording, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. Okay, so that's probably it's probably wired to somewhere a ways away, not something we can just either take or disable or whatever. It could be in, it could be like another apartment nearby too. I think yeah. that is a a fair uh, interpretation, Ty. Do you want to look at the is, if there's a way you can trace which way that wire is going? You think that might yeah, help I, us? I think yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If 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 it uh, like it was going to the one next door, or um, yeah, if it's easy to see, I guess you know. If it's not, then you know, no big deal. But while we're here, I'm not sure how easy it would be to see. At this point, I'm trying to see if this is one that I'd let you spin something to <laughs> sort out. Um, the super's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Straight to his apartment. Her. Her apartment. apartment. So. Not a lot. Not a lot in technical. Right. What do I got in technical? Data retrieval, does that help? Not really. Not for what you're trying to do now. Okay. Um, the only two things I got with that would might be approachable as SIGINT and uh, traffic analysis, but I don't traffic analysis not so much, but right. Yeah, I don't think I have much that's gonna help with this. Let me think about that. Let's go back to Jack Cooper. You're carefully doing your little pin pencil on the board, seeing if you can, if I understand what you're trying to do, you're trying to pick up um, what was written in on the last page or two. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's just going to require me to look at this real quick. I'm going to give you something because that's creative. I just don't want to short circuit the whole I mean, it, it's certainly possible with, I mean, steno pad paper is really thin, so it could be just too many pages of, of stuff to be really clear. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a home run, but <laughs> I want to give you something out of this. So that now I'm trying to decide how much to do. Um, so it is not very fruitful because precisely what you pointed out, but you do catch kind of basically at the at the bottom of the pad. Um, well, does Jack read French? So I'm trying to trying to decide. I don't think Alain Blanchet would necessarily handwrite in English. He, when he's preparing stories, he definitely does it in English because um, because most of his, it appears from what y'all can deduce, most of his recent activity has been 
selling stories to English language um, newspapers. I suspect Willie Kane would know that um, the French media during the De Gaulle, really post-World War II, um, the French media, the newspapers in particular, pretty much became state controlled. Um, and therefore they were only interested in certain types of stories and they definitely were not interested in the kinds of stories that Alan, Alain Blanchett has laying around his apartment. So you get the sense that he's basically had to figure out a way to sell his stories to English publications because he's not selling them in France because uh, mm -hmm. they probably won't have anything to do with him. I'm going to say that you just get the sense of that because you happen to have a bond with someone who mm -hmm. is a reporter. Um, so, so what you can make out, well, actually, hold on. So anybody speak French? Willie does. I do. Has he always spoken French or did he just learn French in the last five seconds? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got, I've got the French foreign language skill. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, uh, keep wanting to call it, keep calling, wanting to call you Juan Carlos. So Jack Cooper, um, <laughs> there's something that appears to be handwritten in French, like, like the, the, image of something handwritten in French. Uh, does Jack Cooper speak French? Jack Cooper speaks a tiny bit of French because he's been in Vietnam long enough to, to pick some up, but he doesn't really... He, he's going to say, hey, do, do any of you speak French or read French? He actually says that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Willie Kane, what's your reaction when he but of course I do. Il y a du fromage, du poisson. I was more on the earlier you guys, you know, became alert to the fact that the place was bugged. Uh, <laughs> didn't know what your reaction was to Jack Cooper breaking. I give him my and I, I, I kind of angrily maybe grab the pad out of his hand. Right. Give me that. Uh, so you can see he's he's tried to use the old pencil trick to get see if there's any indentations in the pad. And there's there's something at the bottom. Uh, looks like maybe it was you know like when sometimes when people write something a note to themselves, and then they like like they box it in and. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they, they really go over the box over and over again. Like for emphasis. Like, for emphasis or because they're thinking about it or they're like, you know, it's almost like a doodle type thing. So it's something that was clearly boxed in, which is probably why you can more easily dis discern. And you can make out um, the seven. You're not sure what it says after the seven, but it's the seven something. Oh, it's it's the word the it's like la, yeah. Un, un deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, sept, un set. Sure. And there's something behind it, but you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So, does it say the seven or the seven? 
the the whatever the French equivalent of the th is. Seven. The numeral Seven. or the word? The word. Okay. The seven. Could be the seven samurai. No. And does the box cover, does the box enclose that phrase entirely, or is it open on one side as if to say there was more that we can't make out? Um, It enclosed more that you cannot make out. Okay. Got it. Because if I gave you the rest, then I would be worried that Jesse would Google it. And uh, I, I, I am trying really hard not to Google things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, some things I'm going to absolutely tell you that you can Google. Right. No, because... no. Th- th- things like some things, it's clear that you want us to Google. But the, the seven something, I'm like, I'm, I'm holding back because I'm like, I want to see where this goes. I mean, if, if if Jack Cooper would know about it, you'd tell me. So if he doesn't know about it, then we need to discover it. It is it is not readily apparent to Jack Cooper what that might be a reference to. Great. Jesse, the player, might argue with me later in the game <laughs> on this call, but I'm 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 making the call that you would not readily go. Oh, there he must be referring to the blah. Right. So I will tell you as a friendly uh, handler that from my point of view, you've acquired everything of, of playable value out of this scene. But if, if you guys want to do some spins because you want to add some stuff, we can do that. And then you can tell me how you want to play. You know, leaving the apartment. Do you want to try to hunt down, you know, where this, you know, bug goes to yeah chill. i'd like to do that before we before we head back just to see if we can get an idea where that wire runs to okay um let's see what i do one more thing i'm gonna look at lynn song's sheet to see what she would add to yeah maybe she knows something So here's what I'm going to offer. Uh, Greg Lamont, I see that you actually have four points in conceal. I will let you spend a point of conceal to uh, explain to me how you figured out you know, where this wire leads to. Okay. Just by, how would I do that? Okay. I would. Find where it, you know the end point in the lamp fixture, the end point of the bug, and then at least like run my hand up into the into the ceiling and see if I can um, find which way it's going. And you know, wires typically run along along the joists, right? So just assuming that I would. Yeah, see if I can find uh, if I can reach far enough back to where it reaches a joist and goes one way or the other. I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm 
you know, restricted on how long my arm is, you know, if I can see if that makes any moves or changes or anything like that. Right. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, have you considered the possibility that um, if they, if somebody bugs the bedroom, they might have bugged other parts of um, the apartment. I did now. <laughs> um. So here's what I'll say. You guys end up figuring out that, in fact, there was a bug. There's actually a ceiling fan mm. in the um, uh, main room. And you figured out that that had been bugged as well. And uh, for some reason, when that bug was run, um, it actually looks like they had to fix some of the stucco of the ceiling. And so if okay. you look real carefully, you can figure out um, kind of the path. And, and you can figure out this must be where they join up and go to wherever they go. Oh, right, okay. And you follow that and you realize that it looks like um, it goes, you know, on this floor, it goes to kind of one end of the building. And then you notice some fresh wiring that runs up the side of the building. I'm gonna say it's a four-story building up to a, uh, it looks like it terminates on like the fourth story apartment, kind of above where you guys are. Ah, okay. So I assume everybody goes outside the apartment to have a discussion about what this means and what to do about it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe while we're here, we didn't really discuss like what attire and or type of equipment y'all would have brought to you, brought with you to this uh, situation. So, uh, Willie Kane, I assume you don't wear a uniform. I don't. There's probably not a uniform for embassy maintenance person. <laughs> um, Correct. So. Uh, but uh, so you're probably in, you know, 1963 casual wander on the streets of Saigon attire is my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have any weapons with you? Uh, what did I do with that? I am pretty high in firearms. Um, I don't, you know, I don't typically carry a weapon, though, of a sidearm. Okay. Would you carry one to this? Hmm. Is there a dice roller in this thing? <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, in Discord, there is, right? Uh, you know, no, there, it, it's in the black book. Oh, there is? But I don't think there's a just, I want to roll a d6. Like, it lets you make yeah. a roll off of your skill. Um, I got a I got a bag of dice right here. I, you'll just have to touch, nice. trust me on it. Okay. I thought there was. I, I there might be Jesse. It's, it's certainly possible that I. I do. I have a small small sidearm, a firearm, small pistol. Okay. Uh, 
you want to geek out and tell me like what you know is it a walter ppk you know is it oh gosh uh, what would be a good you know good browning well I, or would you carry an american firearm firearm you know why don't, why don't you give me a minute on that? I got to pull out my sure. GURPS high tech book. <laughs> nice, <laughs> sweet. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Browning High Power. I think that would have been a period appropriate sidearm. But okay. uh, Greg, I want. Uh, I, I would say Greg's First, not. Would you... Go ahead. Uh, um, Greg, I'm saying I'm thinking. He wouldn't have taken. I mean, he has a he has a sidearm, obviously. Whatever a stand, whatever the standard for, um, you know, off officer, military officers was at the time. Um, he just has that, and but I don't think he brought it with him today, just because he's 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 just wearing like some chinos and a, a, a like a button down shirt, sleeves rolled up. He, I mean, just okay. looking a little a little more casual. He's not in his dress. Uniform or okay. anything like that. Jack Cooper. Jack Cooper is dressed completely casual, um, like day off casual. Definitely not, um, not a jacket like he wears when he's interpreting. But um, he's he's got his trusty M5 bayonet, and that's it. Nice. All right. Yeah, this is actually uh, too perfect. It actually says. Uh, the HP was a favorite police and espionage weapon. Its users including Vietnam-era CIA operatives. Cool. Nice. I don't know about CIA operatives, but uh, nondescript uh, maintenance people at the, at the embassy. Uh, sure. I, I, you know, I'm sure the CIA guy said you can have these. Yeah, they said. <laughs> I, might the I might know people there. I might know people there. Exactly. Yeah, there could be a couple of CIA agents working at the Saigon Embassy in 1963. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so you've got a Browning High Power. Uh, Greg Lamont's got his uh, charm and good looks. Uh, Jack Cooper's got a bayonet. Uh, Lin Song uh, doesn't display a weapon, but um, <laughs> seems to to not be concerned if if the decision. I just want to know what y'all had. And I wanted you all to think about what you had before you decide what you want to do about this fourth floor apartment. So what do y'all want to do about the fourth floor apartment? What, time, what time is it? I'm going to say it's like six is six ish. Okay. It's early evening. Yeah. Late, uh, late afternoon, I guess. What's uh, what's foot traffic like around where we're at? I'm going to say that it is probably moderate at this point. You know, if you're if you're taking the time to look around, you get the sense that potentially um, those, you know, people who live in these apartments in this this district, for lack of a better term, you know, who work, quote unquote, somewhere else in Saigon or, or many of them are returning home from their work day. Um, so, uh, and this isn't completely foreign. There are Vietnamese that reside in, in this area as well. And, and it's pretty much what you call kind of a mixed use type setting. So there's places that have like little stores and restaurants and things of that nature. And then buildings that are purely residential and then buildings that are kind of a combination. Um, 
you know, the, the zoning thing wasn't that big in Saigon in 1963. So uh, it's kind of a hodgepodge of what's around. So it's, it's moderate traffic, foot traffic, some vehicle traffic as well. Yeah. Well, let's go talk to the super. Okay. Anybody agree with that course of action? I'm good with that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Just uh, is there any obvious signs that that the the room is occupied? Like lights or anything? The, well, uh, where we think the the line is going. Right. I mean, the guy hanging out the window with a submachine gun taking mm -hmm. aim at you guys would probably be some evidence. Is it, is it, be, is it behind him? Is... <laughs> uh, no, you don't see any obvious signs. It's not really dark enough for you okay. to expect uh, lights. Again, my sense is that this is probably uh, not going to get dark until maybe more like you know seven or eight type thing. Um, so I, I could be badly misunderstanding the location of Saigon in relation to the equator and things of that nature. But mm -hmm. I get the sense that it doesn't get dark too early, even in October. So, okay. so you're, are you in agreement? Let's go talk to the super. Sure. Talk to the super. Okay. Uh, you guys want to game plan ahead of time what the course of the conversation is going to be, or uh, um, well, I think uh, Lin Sung should um, mention that uh, we also have a friend on the fourth floor who we wanted to surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lin Song kind of shrugs her shoulders and uh, and, I, and I say, I mean, know. totalitarian regime has to be good for everything, right? Do you actually say that to Lin Song? Oh, yeah. Uh, so she pauses for a moment, probably about the first two seconds. Um, you get kind of a withering stare back, and then you get like a super obviously phony smile. <laughs> um, and then she uh, makes her way and she stops at the door and says, why don't you show me the benevolent American way of uh, acquiring cooperation and steps back. Okay. Well, Jack knows exactly what the benevolent American way is. Okay. Money. Yep. Yep. Goes up to the scooper, pulls out some cash, and says, "We'd like to. We'd like to surprise our friend on the fourth floor as well." She looks at you and looks at the cash, and and no, you're done. I let you in on on one. You're done watering the plant. You go now. I add some more to the to to the offering there. 
she looks at it for a moment. And I, I no. put my hand on my on my knife. What? You're, you're trouble. Yes. You're tr- I don't want this trouble. If you want us gone, you've let us into that room. And when you leave, who's going to keep me safe? There won't be anyone left to endanger you. You don't know. You don't know. You American, you come here, you think you know everything. You don't know anything. You cause problem, you leave. You'll be just like the French, you'll leave. Lady, I've been here 10 years. My wife and kids live here. I'm not going anywhere. I don't want trouble with those people. Well, then tell me who they are. And I'll still hold the cash out. If you tell me who they are, I can make trouble for them somewhere else. Here, you... You take the key. You bring it back when you're done. You didn't get it from me. Of course not. I didn't tell you anything. She snatches the money out of your hand and puts it in her pocket. You were taking a a nap. And... uh... I, I toss the key to, to Lin Tsang. Well, you know, as you turn to do that, you realize that you, you had not realized during your conversation that apparently Lin Song had moved up and, and just to your, just behind you and just to your side. And so you're not entirely sure whether Lin Song's uh, movement was what generated the outcome or your increasing collection of cash. So, Okay. So you've got a key to the apartment on the fourth floor. Well, so, so I say, uh, so so even here, the benevolent American way needs some Vietnamese backing, huh? <laughs> Never oh, mind. No, I, go to I, the fourth floor. I was just admiring more closely the wonder of American do get is do goodism. Mm-hmm. That's how they say it. <laughs> I hope to learn so much from you. I hope you do too. All right. Anything y'all want to do before you go up to the fourth floor? I think we need to station people at the exits. Yeah, I think we at least yeah lookouts and. Uh, okay. So who is doing what? Uh, I can watch a staircase. How many uh, how many staircases are there? Like um, like the layout of the of the floors? There just one leading up to uh, to you know, like in the middle, or are there staircases on each side, or um. I'm going to say there's a central staircase okay. that, that goes up and basically it kind of, the building wings off, you know, each side of the central staircase. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll just, I'll stand like on the, 
I want to say the third floor. And um, I'll just, you know, smoke a cigarette and read a newspaper or something. Uh, pretend, to, you know, act casual. And I'll just make a, get a signal like I'll whistle if, if something's uh, coming. Okay. And, and is anybody staying with Greg Lamont or? I was going to ask, I mean, how do we get a sense of how well that covers off on different approaches or like, what's our sense on uh, how well, well it's, it's covered? Right. Uh, um, yeah, I guess I don't have to stand on the third floor. I mean, um, just somewhere where I can intercept who I think is coming to either investigate or coming up to that apartment and warn them in time. Right. I would say that um, the uh, staircase is going to give you um, the most likely uh, e ingress and egress from uh, I'm trying to look at something at the same time from the building. So, so uh, okay. Uh, two J people Jack upstairs and two people going in, or J Jack will stay. Uh, yeah, stay on the stairs. Okay. Yeah, Lynn and I will uh, get ready to go in. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jack staying on the stairs. Interesting. Okay. Um, and are you going to have your firearm out at this point? Uh, not out. Um, let's see. I've kind of got it on a on a shoulder holster under my uh, my sport coat, and uh, I, I listen at the door. Okay. Um... I had the answer to the thing I was looking for, but I don't know that I'm going to. Okay, and um, Lynn Song's with you, and she uh, looks like she is also, um, you know, making sure that she has access to a uh, a weapon of some sort, and kind of looks at you with like the universal, you know, are you ready to go and um, and you guys go in? Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah. Do, do I hear anything at the door? You do not. Okay. Are you Are you going to knock and see if anybody answers? No. Okay. Uh, so you unlock the door, and the door swings open. There's no obvious initial reaction of anybody in the apartment. It looks similar to the apartment you were just in. Um, so the big difference uh, that you notice is once you step in the apartment over in the main room, mm -hmm. um, you see a, I'm going to see a table. It's got several chairs. There's like an ashtray. There's a garbage can. Um, and there is uh, a large reel-to-reel uh, -reel recorder mm -hmm. uh, that is currently running, and 
uh, a speaker as well that um, and a and a set of headphones that are sitting on the table. Mm -hmm. it, it, do a quick uh, survey of the the room or the 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 apartment and just make sure that no one else is there. Okay. There is no one inside the apartment. Uh, are there any blank tapes? You do not see, uh, well, I take that back. In other words, um, I, I want to take a blank tape and replace it. it, it put it on the, I want to switch it out it. with the one that's rec like recording. Yes. Uh, yes. There are, there are extra tapes, um, yes. there. Okay. You can do that with ease. And, and do I, would I have any idea, or, or are there apparently used tapes as well sitting around? You don't see anything that would indicate a, a tape that's already been recorded and uh, saved. Yeah. Any, any idea how long these tapes would last? Like, I mean, if, if, if he hasn't been seen for two days, I don't think we're maybe getting it. Well, maybe maybe someone else came. I don't know. Um, I don't know how long it's. You know, about, so, so so here is. Yeah, I'm not sure mm -hmm. that the sophistication of the technology in 1963. I like. I don't know if they were sophisticated enough to have something that would like activate the recorder when when noise was picked up. I think it mm -hmm. was a brute force. Either you yeah, had I think some they just had to leave it on. There. You know, you had some person sitting there listening, and then they could record whatever they needed to, or you just left it on, and then somebody had the job of listening to it later to see what was on there. So, mm -hmm. I'm going to say that 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 your experience in working at maintenance in the embassy suggests to you that these tapes are probably good for um, you know 24 hours. So, okay. um, like it's a it's a big reel to reel. It, 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 it looks like a piece of equipment that you would see in a movie theater to play a, a movie. Like it's that size of of reel. It's not like some you know little you know cassette thing on there. So mm -hmm. you know. if Greg Lamont was with you, he would probably recognize. Um, the type of device, if not the particular device. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you have friends that work in intelligence, uh, Willie. Maybe mm -hmm. I told you stories about, uh, you know, long record devices uh, that the military uses to, you know, like if they're going to be intercepting Russian radio traffic for, you know, every minute of every day of every year, you know, you don't want to be constantly switching tapes. So. Yeah, yeah. I want. I'm going to switch the tape out and then uh, check the rest of the apartment for anything interesting. Okay. And Lin Song is um, uh, helping you as well. And I really wish I had an image to give you, but I'm not sure I can. So I'm going to make one up. Describe something that, that you find. So there's not a lot there. Um, there's like a little bit of of like garbage, um, maybe like leftover food, you know, 
like it appears that maybe somebody had eaten there at some point in time and, and dumped their food in the garbage. It doesn't appear to be particularly fresh, it smells a little bit. Um, uh, but otherwise it's, it actually strikes you that the apartment is um, almost appears unlived in. Like maybe there was almost a conscious effort to not have a lot of stuff around other than the recording device, the spare tapes, you know, the stuff I described on that table. Mm -hmm. But at one point you do find um, a, a matchbook for a French hotel. Well, not a French hotel, a hotel in Saigon that name I'm not gonna tell you right now. Um, because I don't know what it is right now. Uh, and you notice on the inside of the uh, matchbook, if you open it, someone's like doodled a, it kind of looks like a snake symbol inside. It's clearly like a hand doodled mm -hmm. you know, drawing on this uh, inside of this matchbook. I'll say you recognize the hotel. I just don't, I don't remember the name at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll sort that out at the next session. La Grande Hotel. Hotel. There we go. <laughs> yes, Ho hotel number one. Um, so, what do you do with that, Willie? Um, I'm going to commit it to memory and uh, put it back. Wow. Okay. You're going to show Lin Song. Yeah. Yeah. Say, hey, remember this. You you get a sense when she looks at it that she recognizes the symbol, but she does not share anything. What are you not telling me? I shake her. <laughs> you sure you want to do that? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, you guys gonna do anything else in the apartment? Uh, I think that's it. Outside of just swapping the tape, I'm gonna, you know, uh, these are pretty big. I guess I kind of hide it under my jacket. <laughs> I thought you were wearing like kind of easy going clothes. So under my uh, sport coat, under my okay. members only equivalent. Uh... <laughs> All right. <laughs> I suspect unless you run into the wrong person as you exit, it probably won't be that remarkable uh, that you are yeah. that you're leaving. So, yeah. okay. So um, Lin Song kind of takes one last look around the apartment. She follows you out. You know, locks the door. Uh, you're gonna brief the guys as you go down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey guys. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some recording going on in there. I swapped out a tape, and uh, Lynn and I found uh, an interesting drawing, a snake-like uh, thing. Where, where is it? Um, I'm, I'm not gonna. Pie. I don't want it to be noticed that it was missing. So uh, I, I point to my my temple. I tap, <laughs> I tap. I tap my temple with my uh, my finger. It's all up here. Okay, <laughs> okay Mozart. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, who's returning the key to the super? I will. Uh, yeah, Jack's got a new friend, so why not? Nice. All right. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm not knocking on the door. I'm just shoving it under the door. Okay. All right. You hear some muttering and cursing on the other side of the door I'm, as you I'm are gonna making your way out. Slide so. another bill under there. <laughs> um. You know, I think maybe that's a good place to fade to black, unless somebody has something really critical they want to do in the next few minutes. So. No, I'd like to uh, head back and look at all this stuff, listen to it. Sure, which which we can certainly, you know, one thing I learned from running 1961 uh, is there would be points where I, as a handler, because I I know more than y'all, I feel like I've conveyed more than I have. And there were, there were certainly a couple of points where I felt like, oh, the players are not on the same page as I am. So so I don't mind taking a couple minutes to kind of talk about what you've learned tonight before we call it a night. But I, I don't want to start another scene at this point because mm -hmm. then that probably is going to... Yeah, it's already kind of late. Yeah, particularly for me. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you guys want to kind of recap before we wrap up and see if there are any obvious questions or next you know, routes that you want to pursue at this point in time? Uh, yeah. Philosophy yeah. of natural magic book. Um, when we get back to a safe place or, you know, somewhere where we can look, look at it, I wanted to check, like I said before, if there's notes and margins or any writing, any, you know, pages that have been bookmarked or so, anything in there okay. that jumps out at us that might be relevant. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna make some notes for me, real quick, uh, in my Scrivener, where I do not yeah. have to worry about <laughs> where it is gone. Scrivener is a good thing. It's a great thing, although I still, um, uh, I just, you know, like now I have to decide what folder to put this in. Um, Right, right. But uh, let me come down here. And I just like how it's cleaned up, a, you know, 20 text files from my other games. And I'm mm -hmm. just right, that's what one. I like about it is it, it definitely gives me that kind of, it's in here somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, uh, I just, I'm still not leveraging it. The way yeah, right, right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not either. It's a, it's already an improvement, you know. Even the little bit I know of it, but uh, any case. So, because this is really going to be my to-do list. So, what do you find in natural magic? I need to find out. What hotel was associated with matchbook? So, Jack, what are you thinking you want to do uh, next? Where do you think this is pointing to? 
or any questions about what you found so far? I well, I want to know what this snake image thing is, um, and yeah, and I want to go to the um, to the UPI uh, bureau. Okay. See, see what they're see what they know. Um, like walk in and start asking questions, find out what they know, or no, I I'm like I'm gonna spend some of my network to know someone who works there. Who can ah okay. All right, definitely be thinking about who that is and what is you're going to want to yeah to ask him. So. I appreciate that, Jack. You just saved me a point. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jack would definitely know some of the reporters because he works as an activist. So nice. I think it's pretty right. reasonable for him to 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 do that. Okay. Um, and Willie, what are you thinking? about what you've learned so far and where it may lead you. Uh, what, one thing I, I want to make sure I got clear, the, the folder, the missing folder that they found, or that they did not deduce, they, they did do, yeah, that's why it's missing. Um, did they, by looking at the other folders, did they actually, did we learn anything? from um, the, the order or the labels of the other files or is that just kind of like nope there it's gone you just know it's gone that's yeah no is it there wasn't any obvious organization where you could deduce well if this folder is about this then the missing yeah. folder must be that's about yeah. that yeah no okay. you just know that um that obviously he was being surveilled mm -hmm. um Obviously, he's disappeared, and obviously, it appears. Well, I guess he either took some things with him, or somebody has come in after the fact and uh, removed some items from his apartment. Mm -hmm. So, I guess, I guess it's it's fair to say that either one of those could be true um, based on what you've observed so far. Okay. So then, you know, I want to make sure that the tape gets listened to, and then I want to follow up with Elaine's uh, handler, I guess, through um, uh, through our contact. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still in. not sure that Delta Green's going to connect you with um, I'll, I'll sleep on that, but you know, typically when Delta Green puts an operation together, the there's a person tasked with putting it together. They pull the agents together, they brief them, and then that's the point of contact the agents have with Delta Green. And mm -hmm. again, it's a it's a it's a secret, it's an ultra secret organization within the United States government. Um, and pretty much everybody in the organization has a, 
some kind of cover, um, you know, some kind of day job they do. So they're they're pretty compartmentalized. It's it's pretty rare to start divulging other members of Delta Green mm -hmm. during unless it's critical to an operation. So it's just the fate um, of the world. That's cool. So um, I mean, you could certainly kind of route back through Commander Pierce, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of always getting out. Like, there was a suggestion that he was our route. Like, like, yeah, um, I want to go to Pierce and just say, hey, can we get more information on what uh, Blanchard's uh, assignment was? Right. And again, to be clear, Blanchard wasn't given an assignment by Delta Green. Blanchett was out doing his thing, and he ran across something that he thought Delta Green might be interested in. Oh, he kind of reported um, back. Yeah, on his own. and that, okay. that's kind of the way that it works for, you know, he had some connection. It, so maybe using the word handler is too grandiose a term. He had some connection with somebody inside Delta Green, and he would pass information to them, and he was supposed to meet with this person, and he didn't show up. And they pretty quickly deduced that he had gone missing, and then you guys got put on the case. So, Understood. okay. Um, okay. Anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. So, I, I definitely think you guys can uh, follow up with you know the the you know the matchbook and the snake symbol. Uh, you still have the the taxi service as a potential mm -hmm. place to go. You've got the UPI office. Um, and I feel like you've, you have something else that I've just forgotten. Hopefully mm -hmm. you guys will remember. So, so you definitely have some more leads to the follow. Pagoda. So, uh, the, the Pagoda, in some thing. ways, the Pagoda might be the least fruitful place just because yeah. it's been occupied for, uh, by the Vietnamese military for a while. Um, so they, they've officially ended that, but certainly Jack knows that a lot of people stay away because they don't trust. Well, if we go back in there, they may come back in and bust heads and drag people out. Like they may be waiting. You know, there's a lot of like theories that, oh, they're just waiting to see who comes back and then they're going to do a second raid and, and round more people up. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly think that you know, Lin Song and Jack Cooper would know that the pagoda itself um, is probably not, unless there's some additional information developed, just going there to try to find stuff out probably won't be the most fruitful course yeah. of action. And then it does raise the the issue of that's a pretty high, pro high profile place to show up. Delta Green typically likes to work in the shadows whenever, mm -hmm. you know, whenever possible and for as long as possible. So nibbling at the edges for a while before you make a, a strong play is pretty standard practice for Delta Green. Okay. All right, boys, uh, this was fun. So yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Slowly but surely, uh, I'm getting getting tuned into this game and and where it's going to go. I see how the pieces are starting to connect. So that was good. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a future scheduled event, and all I need Ty to remind me is uh, I shall
I can't help it if I cry. 